Good morning. Thank you, Marty. Are, are you primed now because of that music? Are you primed for a beautiful service this morning? Amen. We surely are. Yes. Um, this is the time that we can share with one another what God has done for you this week. So raise your hand, and I will. Good to have you back, Jackie. Here you go. I am. Um, 
I actually have some big news to share. I got hired at the Kroger store on No Park Road, on No Park in Greenfield. I'm gonna be a courtesy clerk. I got hired. I want to thank God for that. Because like now I can make my own money instead of asking my parents for money. I can make my own. Oh, that's wonderful. Who else? Raise your hand. This is the time to share. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ at Genesis Church, aren't we? So we want you to share what you have to share with us. Let me, let me tell you that um, my wife and I just got back. Oh, here, no, I'll tell you that story in a minute. No, no, go ahead. Uh, yesterday, I had the pleasure of uh, attending a, a really nice education session that Ben and Nasha put on for, um, for mental health and well-being, and uh, got to co connect with a lot of people from the church that I don't usually get to connect with, and just wanted to praise God for Genesis and for putting on things like that that um, really help us address uh, not just the spiritual side of things, but, you know, real-world issues that, that folks face and, and how we can be sensitive to them and, and react and everything. So just a great experience, and um, just praise God for it. Yes, thank you. Anyway, uh, my wife and I just returned from two weeks in Florida. Uh, my great nephew has a blueberry farm, but the main reason he went is because of my sister, Pat. Um, she's not feeling well. They moved her into assisted living, and she's beginning to forget things babbles a lot. So I'm asking for prayers from, for my sister, Pat. We'll be going down there again as we do every April, and I can only pray to God to f find out what kind of, what she'll be doing, if she can remember any of us. So that's, that's the main reason I went down. Anybody else? Come on now. Okay, while you're, oh, Jerry, with a G. <laughs> That's right. That is right. Um, so yeah, uh, the last couple days, my roommate and I moved, and I. A lot of you also know that I have a lot of past injuries, so it's not really good for me to to be moving. But I put an ask out there to people to help, and uh, some of my family came, and some of my friends came, and it like. At the beginning of the day, I felt super overwhelmed. I wasn't sure who was actually going to show up. There were like four of us, and I'm like, how's this gonna get done? And I'm just trying to direct everybody and do everything, and like people just kept showing up to help. And it was just an answer to prayer, and I'm super blessed to have the people in my life that I do for all the things, but especially the last couple of days, those that were able to show up, and it was just an answer to prayer, so. And and we live, like, right down the street over there. <laughs> right down the street. Um, for fear of uh, getting, well, no, he wouldn't knock me down, but uh, yesterday, Pastor Bo celebrated his birthday. I won't tell how old he is. He can do that himself if he wants to, but uh, Bo, happy birthday. God bless you. <laughs> Yeah. We won't sing happy birthday, but uh, he got a cake yesterday at our session we had, and uh, I'm sure he had a great time at his house to celebrate. Um, next is Marty. You're going to play another song. Is that it? Thank you, folks, for raising your hand. And I know a lot of you are a little bit bashful, but you know what? This is a perfect place to be in, to pray to God, to... Uh, to help you when things that you're ailing with are a celebration. So God bless you and thank you. Let's stand one more time. This is a very, very simple song, but it's a very worshipful song. So let's, let's worship as we sing it.
Thanks, Marty. Uh, good morning, church. I'm Ashley. Uh, welcome to Genesis, uh, both physically and online. Uh, if you would, please uh, take a moment, grab the green cards in the pew in front of you, or uh, if you're online, we've got digital versions. Um, this is a way for us to connect with folks. Uh, got a spot here for your name, email address, things of that nature. So it just gives us a chance to get to know you. And also there's a um, section for prayer requests. If, if something, you know, you would like some, some uh, prayer for from either other members of the congregation or leadership, uh, just let us know. And um, we can keep it private or, or, or public if you'd like a larger number of people praying for you. Just drop it in the wooden box um, outside the sanctuary. And also if you're um, giving via physical cash and not necessarily online. Um, you can do that in the same, and we appreciate any any contributions that you're making to the church. Um, also, uh, please join us after the service. Uh, we'll be eating together, potluck-style meal. Um, everyone belongs at the table. Uh, whether or not you plan to come and you brought uh, some food, which thank you for that, or you didn't plan to come, uh, we, we welcome you, and just please join us after the service. Uh, and then, um, you know, this is May, so Cinco de Mayo's on, on Thursday, so we will be having a tequila case tasting in the lobby with some tacos, and actually I made that part up. I'm sorry, Bo. I'll, I'll stick to script. But uh, So with that, go ahead and release uh, to, for a connection and talk to the folks around you. Let them know if you've got any plans for uh, first of May and the 5th of May.
Good morning. Great to have you this morning. Good, good to be here. Welcome to Genesis again. I'm another voice. My name is Bo, and the pastor's here. Uh, this, this morning, we get the privilege because Sharon Buttry is here to teach us this morning. Sharon and Dan are members here, are part, are part of the family here at Genesis. They're both retired, kind of, right? So Sharon is a retired pastor, not a retired activist, not a retired follower of Jesus, not a retired one from wanting to make change um, in the way of Jesus. And so she's going to be teaching us this morning. Sharon is always sending me and Nate and, and our community just things that look like Jesus to encourage us. And she's like, hey, I think you'd be interested in this. And so I'm always grateful when she does. There's a number of pastors in the state of Michigan who were encouraging in their churches to, they called it um, Redemption Sunday, a Restoration Sunday, but they were encouraging the churches to speak about tangible public faith for restorative justice, specifically targeting our criminal system and, and criminal justice reform, and wanted to encourage churches and, and talk about those. So Sharon had sent that information to me and saying, all oh, the churches are doing this, and, and here's why, and here's what we're doing, and I think Genesis should do that. And I was like, absolutely, we should. This is, this is really good. Um, so today, and because of that, because we are talking about things that do have an impact within the criminal justice, that's political, right? That, that, there is, that is the system where if you get in trouble and you, get, you find yourself within the criminal justice system, that is a political thing. And so we are talking about things that are political, and as Christians, we do have a public faith. And we do need people to speak out and say, oh, we can, we can do things differently. And if there isn't an injustice within that system or those structures or needed change to look more like Jesus, we want the prophets and those to speak up and say, oh, people, this could be good. So today, there's a political tone to what we're talking about. But in the end, it's a Jesus tone. We're trying to present the Jesus way of living and the Jesus way of being. So that is the spectrum we hope you to look at it. Now, again, I know we're, we're in a country that is polarized. We're in a system that places people on a spectrum that was created. That spectrum is left, right, central, extreme left, extreme right. And you may fix yourself on that spectrum. And that, that is fine. Today, we're not trying to speak in a way that would, that would be on that spectrum. We're trying to speak about Jesus and the way of Jesus. Jesus is not on that spectrum. Jesus is our Lord. Jesus is our Messiah. Jesus is our teacher. And we listen to Jesus. We are followers of Jesus. So with that spectrum, just, just a couple of things with that, that spectrum of left and right and central, we get into trouble because we can make the person who's different from us our opponent, our opposition, our enemy. And we see that. And that makes it really hard for us to follow the teachings of Jesus to love our neighbor, to love our brother, to love our sister. They can make it very difficult. And sometimes that spectrum of belief is not Jesus's belief. No one on that spectrum, whatever our political parties, no one has the corner on Jesus. That's not who they're trying to be. That's who we are trying to be, followers of Jesus. So I say this as a way because sometimes we get hung up because we're listening to a political conversation more than we're listening to the Jesus conversation. Or we're, sorry, we're listening to a partisan conversation more than we're listening to a Jesus conversation. So today, if you're listening and you have a non-neutral moment, you get hung up, you get grabbed by something today, be curious about what that is and why that is. Begin to ask questions of what is going on in you and around you. What did you hear? What are you taking in? Our hope is that we would hear from God and be able to respond to the God who is speaking and teaching and driving us.
So a couple of our values, this is our behavior. And we think it's the behavior of Jesus. One of our core values that we live to is that love, putting love into action. We say God loves people, so we love people. And so we're responding to the love of God with compassion and kindness, and giving and moving and peace and, and community. And so we want to long to love people. One other value that we have been, and this is values for us, is about behavior, not aspiration. Does that make sense? This is not, we're not aspiring to be this. We're saying this is how we behave. This is who we are. And so we're a community who wants to put our love into action. We've been, we've been putting forward a value in time to say, do we need to bring in a new value? Is this who we are? And so we've been asking that question. And that value that we've been putting forward and we've been trying to talk about is one called mending the world. And I'm just going to read that for us just to have it in our heads today as we as we're taught and as we hear the words of Jesus and we're encouraged. So that value is this. God's plan is to mend the broken world through Jesus. We join in God's work to bring justice, reconciliation, mercy, and shalom upon the earth until Jesus returns in ultimate triumph over brokenness. And so we believe this is what Jesus is doing and inviting us to participate in it through self-giving love. And so maybe tune our hearts to the Spirit of God today to be encouraged. So I welcome Sharon. I'm grateful for Sharon. When we were talking through this and she was bringing it, she said, I would be willing to teach. And I was like, thank you so much. Not that I couldn't teach this, but Sharon has lived this and she knows this and she's encouraging churches all over our state. Sharon is a phenomenal teacher and communicator. So gifted. I have so much to learn from her about following Jesus and about teaching and about that prophetic voice. I'm grateful to her in the way that she's discipling me and our community, the way she encourages us, and her willingness to give of herself. So if you know Sharon, well, she gives of herself for others. And in that, she looks like Jesus in the self-giving love that is so humble. And so with, when she says, I'll teach, I'm like, oh, yes, please, please. Because we want to follow Sharon as Sharon follows Jesus. And so it's an honor. So if you know Sharon, you know the honor of her teaching the prophetic voice and in that. And so Sharon, we say thank you for being willing to serve us in the midst of the trauma and the heartache and the struggle and the life that you and Dan and your family have been going through and yet your willingness to give yourself away um, in spite of it all in the name of Jesus. So thank you so much. Thank you, Bo. Just getting up those steps is a big accomplishment. <laughs> Thank you, Bo, for your kind invitation. I, um, I love this sanctuary. One of the things I love about being here at Genesis is that window right there. I cannot tell you how many times the Alpha and Omega symbol have been the connection for me here to Jesus that makes it possible for me to continue to live as his follower. And so I'd just like to offer a prayer of praise to Jesus this morning. God, we thank you so much that we could be in person together here in this amazing space. We know you're here, God. We've worshiped this morning. Thank you for the beautiful music, for being able to hear each other's voices. And we thank you that you are the beginning of all things and the end of all things, that you are the Alpha and the Omega. And what you have begun, you will finish perfectly. We pray that your Holy Spirit will be in this place and that our words and our meditations will be pleasing to you, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so as Bo has mentioned, 
today is Redemption Sunday here at Genesis. And during the months of April and May, more than 30 churches around our state have taken up an opportunity to learn more about how we treat people in prison in our state. And so uh, Redemption Sunday is really about hope, about offering hope to those who are incarcerated in Michigan. Redemption Sunday is about offering a second chance for those who are in prison for their crimes. And it's about hope and a path forward for those who truly desire a better future for themselves and their families when they return home. Now, maybe you've heard the phrase mass incarceration, but what, what really does that mean? Simply put, it is shortcut for the fact that the United States incarcerates more people than any other nation on the planet, including China, and the U.S. is also the leader in the prison population rate. That means we imprison more people per population than any other nation in the world. And although the war on drugs in the early 2000s caused the prison rate to rise dramatically, there are three factors that keep it going. Over-policing in redlined and marginalized communities, longer sentencing for minor crimes, and endless restrictions after one is released. Mass incarceration rips families apart and communities and disproportionately hurts people of color and costs taxpayers, you and I, $260 billion a year. At the same time, crime rates continue to go down to a 30-year low, but the rate of incarceration keeps going up. So Redemption Sunday is about working together to change some laws that will make it possible for prisoners in Michigan to earn what's called good time, to earn credit for time off a sentence. These credits are for good behavior, participating in education and training programs. As of today, there are zero incentives in Michigan for a prisoner to improve their chances for success upon release. As a person of faith, I believe Jesus has something to say about this and something particularly to say about hope for prisoners. In fact, Jesus, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and end of all things, puts prisoners front and center as he announced his ministry in Nazareth. And on the very last day of his life on earth, on the cross, he forgave a prisoner. If prisoners are so important to Jesus, what can we learn? And what can we do to follow the example of Christ? So today we're going to look at some scriptures and I'm going to be sharing some of my own experiences with prisoners. And before we leave here today, I hope you will join me in taking a timely action step that will truly benefit incarcerated brothers and sisters here in our state through the Good Time Initiative. So let's begin where Jesus started as he announced his ministry in Nazareth in Luke chapter 4, verse 16. He, Jesus, went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. A time of great favor is when a child is born. When a child is born, what mother assumes that her child will someday be in prison? 
No one is looking to go to prison. No family member is looking for anyone in their family to go to prison. But where you are born and what circumstances you are raised in make a difference. Poverty, lack of access to health care, lead toxins in the environment, being black or brown, all these can create a perfect storm of circumstances that increase the chances that you will get stopped, arrested, and spend some time in prison, or worse, lose your life in the system. Like my friend Joe Williams says, there are the caught and the uncaught. Joe served over 20 years in prison and is today a consultant for the federal government in best practices for prisoner reentry programs. And Joe says everyone has done something worthy of jail time. You're just more likely to be caught when you're black, poor, and you did not learn how to read or have good health care. In the Bible, God seems often to be on the side of those who are marginalized and oppressed. And God became flesh in Jesus Christ, born into a family who struggled to make ends meet. Jesus took on the life of a marginalized Jewish person in a Roman imperial violent culture. Jesus announced clearly in his first sermon in Nazareth that he was more than just talk. Jesus would choose to hang out with sinners. Jesus would hang out with the unpopular tax collectors. Essentially, they were thieves. He had compassion for those who were down and out every day in every possible way. He helped those without hope. Jesus cared for the people, the lost and the forgotten, the beat up and the beaten down, including prisoners of all sorts, those behind bars both literally and spiritually. Jesus also taught, as recorded in Matthew 25, that on the day of judgment, we will discover that when we feed the hungry, clothe the naked, and visit those in prison, we actually do these things to Christ. Matthew 25. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you? hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers or sisters, you did for me. Now, in times past, prisoners did not eat unless someone brought them food. And they didn't get to change their clothes unless someone brought fresh clothing during a visit. Now, the basics are covered in our prison systems. But there are still ways that we can visit and ways that we can care. There are prison ministries where you can actually go inside. So I was curious about this, and I served as a chaplain in the women's division of the county jail in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, as part of my ministry training. And every day I sat in this tiny room, and one by one the women came, and I listened to their stories, and I shared their tears. Not a single one of them ever dreamed that they would end up in a place like that. Yet, there we were, praying together in jail. It was so eye-opening to me. Then one day, when I was in my 20s, it was a long time ago, um, I was reading the Sojourners magazine, and I looked in the classified section, and I saw an ad. And there was an ad placed by a death row prisoner in Florida, and he was requesting a pen pal. I thought, wow. Lord, it seems like this might be something you'd want me to do. So I wrote to him. His name was Samson Armstrong. He'd been in prison since he was 17 years old. He claimed he was innocent. He said he was with some friends, and there was a robbery, and, and things went badly, and a person was killed. Well, his two friends got off because they buddied up and claimed that Samson committed the murder. 
And so it was two against one with this lie, and Samson got framed and blamed for the murder. He was black, he was young, he was scared. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people and no resources to fight for his innocence. He literally had no hope. And he was reaching out for connection. He'd found the Lord in prison and he was reaching out for fellowship through the mail. So we started writing to each other and I didn't really know what to do. At, at first I wasn't sure I believed his story. I, uh, but over time, I really did become convinced that he was innocent. And he looked to my letters for spiritual strength, and our friendship grew. So about six years into this relationship, I heard on the news about something in Florida where death row prisoners had had psychiatric evaluations that were falsified and used against them in their sentencing. And so I contacted the lawyer mentioned in the article and I told him about Samson. So I know this death row prisoner in Florida. And so this lawyer looked into it and indeed Samson had been one of those who had been victimized by the scheme of falsified psychiatric evaluations. It had affected his sentencing. It took about two years, but the lawyer got the conviction overturned and Samson was free. By that time, he'd been incarcerated so long that he took a job in the same prison as a maintenance man, and he worked there his entire life. But we stayed in touch, and even though I never met him in person, we visited by mail and over the phone over the years. He even sent me paintings he had done. So, you see, God will lead you and guide you if you want to minister into the, in the name of Jesus to a prisoner. The opportunities are there. My Aunt Dorothy, who's 94 years old, she lives in Jacksonville, Illinois. It's a pretty small town place. She gets the names of prisoners who have asked for prayer through her church. And she prays daily for them and sends encouraging messages and scriptures. This is gospel work, good news for prisoners. So, as I have gotten involved in, in here uh, in Michigan, I've wondered what does good news look like for us in our state and related to how the laws go down about how we do the criminal justice system here in Michigan. So our state is one of six states where truth and sentencing laws have been enacted with no good time credits. This means that prisoners serve their full sentence with no hope of earning any time off for good behavior or for participating in training programs. In fact, a prisoner cannot have a parole interview in our state until their full sentence is served and then the parole board often extends the sentence to the maximum allowable time so that prisoners in our state serve more than 100% of their sentence. They serve an average of 125% of their sentence and sometimes more. Michigan has one of the highest incarceration rates in the Midwest. We have tough on crime policies that systematically uh, have systematically over-policed and criminalized communities of color. And in the past 10 years, the crime rate in Michigan has fallen by 35%. But as I mentioned before, incarceration rates continue to rise. So corrections and prisons provides many jobs in our states and contracts that require the system to continue to be maintained with new prisoners. And once someone has a criminal record, it's extremely difficult to find a good job, to get housing, to get access to public benefits. And returning citizens or ex-offenders can get trapped in a cycle of reincarceration. So I began to think about how can we change some of these policies at the state level? How do we offer hope to nonviolent offenders? How can we offer good time credits if prisoners are willing to go for that second chance and return more whole to their families? So in 31 states and the federal government, there are good time laws. 
And so I partnered with some friends at Michigan United and we started working on this. We prepared for a whole year and now we're in the midst of this campaign. So it was interesting to find out in the middle of all this that Kwame Kilpatrick, the former mayor of Detroit, recently spoke at a redemption Sunday at a church. And I was like, whoa. He said he's now become an expert in the criminal justice reform. He admitted that he committed perjury, and whatever else you might think of him, his journey post-prison is really quite interesting. He did time in a state prison in Michigan and in federal prison in Oakdale, Louisiana. He said the difference in the two was remarkable. I'm almost quoting from his message at this church in Detroit. He said, the difference is hope. In Michigan, there's no hope of getting out. There are no good time credits, no incentives to better oneself. In fact, the system creates bitter and hopeless people destined to be reoffenders. But in federal prison, he said, people could get out months to years early if they took advantage of learning a trade. They could get certified and leave prison with a possibility of earning 50 to 60,000 a year in annual wages. So they could return to their families with dignity and with a path for the future. But in Michigan, people who leave prison who have felony records are actually barred from getting licenses to be plumbers, hairdressers, counselors, social workers, you name it. If you need a license, they can't get it. There is precious little mercy and no second chance. It's dehumanizing and it's a setup for failure. It's a hopeless situation for thousands of people in the system. So what about Jesus? Where is the hope? Jesus died as a criminal on a cross between two criminals, and he granted the promise of paradise to the one next to him who asked for redemption. And Luke writes this. Then he, the prisoner on the cross, said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Even on the cross, Jesus fulfilled his calling to set a prisoner free. So what about us here at Genesis? I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm going to raise mine first. If you yourself or if, if you have any friends or family who have ever been in jail or prison, raise your hand. Now look around. Raise your hand if you've ever written or visited someone in jail or prison. So I predicted that there would be many of us here who actually have friends, family members, or ourselves have been in jail or prison. And so in our community here, do we ever talk about it? Did you know that about one another? That's something to be curious about. And how did it impact your family? How it impacted my family was profound huge. And so this is a way in which we can begin to care for one another, the prisoner among us and within us. Now, I, more than anyone, love our Constitution and that we are a country of laws. I am a Constitution geek. I used to teach citizenship and Constitution to immigrant families. And I love that we are a country of laws, but I also love justice. I, nobody wants to live in a community where there are no consequences for violence or harm. But in Psalm 85.10, it says this, truth and justice will embrace, mercy and peace will kiss. These are all qualities of God's character. And we need to see how they can come together in our society. Truth, justice, mercy and peace. Truth and justice are strong in our criminal justice system. But where is the mercy? Where is the peace? Who among us would be here today without the mercy of God to give us a fresh start, a second chance, forgiveness, a path forward toward grace? And I believe we must do the same as best we can for those who have no hope. As God allowed me to do with my friend Samson, we can come alongside and provide help and hope 
in the name of Jesus. Today, after the service, we also have a very practical way to help mend the world. If you're a registered Michigan voter, you have an opportunity to sign a ballot petition that would put good time credits on the ballot this November. You don't have to agree with the law to sign the position, uh, petition, you just have to, you just sign to say, I wanna see this on the ballot, see how the Michigan voters will act on this, yay or nay. So in November, Michigan voters will have a chance to mandate the reform of truth and sentencing laws and give prisoners incentives. This will help them to have hope and to return more whole to their communities. At the same time, there are many organizations in Michigan working to help those come out of prison to be successful in their family and community life. I've helped people get furniture for new apartments, people need clothes, transportation to probation appointments. Our next door neighbor in Hamtramck got out of prison and he would have had to take three bus buses with transfers to get to his probation appointment every month. And the place was actually about 15 minutes away by car. So Dan faithfully took him to his appointment so that he wouldn't have to miss a whole day of work just to get to probation. These are some of the barriers people have to deal with. There's so many ways we can help if we're aware and we want to make a difference. So what caught your attention today? How might God be speaking to you? What is God saying to you? And in this moment, what are you curious about? How God might be leading you to fulfill Jesus' mission to free the prisoner and Jesus' request that we visit him when we visit prisoners. Maybe you'll be willing to take the time to sign a petition today. My wonderful husband's in the back in the lobby with that opportunity for you. This is one tangible way we can support people who are looking for a second chance and doing this along with many other churches here in our state. So just make sure when you sign the uh, petition, you sign the one designated for your county and with your address where you are registered to vote. Even if you've moved, wherever you're registered to vote, that's the address you need to use. And also try to keep your signature within the space. If you go outside the lines, you have to skip a space and it gets complicated. I thank you on behalf of all those who are with us this morning, who are invisible to us. For many of us raised our hands, and those are the people we're caring for today. Those in prison, those Jesus loves. They need hope, and we can make a difference, Genesis, to mend this world. Let's pray. We have a meal waiting for us. I'm going to pray for the meal and thank God for our time together today. God, I thank you. I thank you for your mercy, for your second chances. And I, I thank you. You're so compassionate, Jesus. You came and you loved those who needed you most. And we are among those. And we thank you for the, the love we are called to have for the least of these, to mend this world one step at a time, one signature at a time. Lord, we ask that you'll bless our food today, the loaves and fishes that we have come to share together. And around the table, may we find conversation that is seasoned with the salt of the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand and sing and let's reflect on how we can help with what Sharon talked about.
Aaron. Thank you, Sharon. And so may the Holy Spirit get your attention today. So we use that language of non-neutral, and Sharon brought that up. What stood out to you? What grabbed your attention? It could be, it could be something that moved you. Maybe you sense even guilt. That's, that's the part for me. When, I, when, I, when Sharon was sort of living these things out, I've, I've had, I've received letters, you know, people writing me, and I didn't write them back. Right? So I, 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 and I hear Sharon's story, and I'm like, oh gosh, that looks like Jesus. And my way of being too busy or not writing, I'm like, oh, that doesn't look like Jesus. That's not to shame me, but that's that sense for me to repent, to be like, oh, let me love. Let me give myself. I, I can look like Jesus. I can transform my heart. I want to love better. And to the prisoner who I'm blind to at times. So what grabbed you? What, what stood out to you? Oh, yeah, we got somebody... <laughs> Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, there's petitions to sign and for people to teach us to say, what does it look like to love like Jesus? And, and, and how can we step in as the Lord is inviting us to do that? That is so, so good. And so, but I ask you to be curious and we invite you to go eat. And as you eat around that table, um, it's communion, it's family. And feel free even to share. You, you, don't, you don't have to share what we heard today, but if you want to, that'd be a great conversation. What did you hear? What stood out to you? So we invite you to go eat. We invite you to sign that, to sign that petition in there, um, but to go in the name of Jesus. So thank you. Yes, it was recorded today, and we'll have that on our, um, uh, yes, we, we have, you have access to that as well. Thank you, Alice, for that. Thank you for being a part. May the Lord Jesus bless you, and may God's kingdom come where justice, mercy, shalom, and uh, um, and truth, all kiss and meet. Amen. Have a great Sunday.